0: I'm sorry. You can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Shot. like. Want to stop? Chance for Ben! Ah! Jordan Bennett has hit. Yes! Yeah! Jordan Henderson. I mean that sort of stuff. We it, it's been. We're better, We're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance. Flat. No. Well, what, I mean, what do you
1: want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up, when we finally turn it over,
0: make a towards the border, have a Lads, we just can't seem to uh, get a good run going. We can't string a run together. Why is that? It's, it's a rare uh, Friday football podcast where we're not coming on and saying, well, apologies that we weren't here last week, because some other reason.
2: That's usually you who in here, myself and McIntyre, committed members of the cause Really? What happened last week?
1: FA Cup
0: Yeah, this, as we have pointed out in the Friday Football Podcast before, it is still football mm, Yeah Barely <laughs> <laughs> At times, <laughs> I'll grant you that, Dev um, I don't even remember what happened last week Two weeks ago, was our we had, uh, the heavy, the big guns uh, came along, Nathan Yeah, Dave's mate uh, George Hook, and a couple of weeks ago, now we've got George Hook Light Today, welcome back, Dave.
2: (laughs) That facial (laughs) expression—he's
1: not taking that too kindly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you could bottle that facial expression, it would probably be labelled
1: seething disregard. That's been ingrained. That has been noted, and will be used against yeah. you. It?
0: Regurgitated at some point. At some stage in the future. Soon, yeah,
1: Look, our listeners are about as bothered listening to an FA Cup Friday football podcast as we are actually recording it. It's a
0: fair point. <laughs> They're just about barely bothered listening to us talking about the Premier League, so I grant you that. Uh, some of the main talking points, we'll get to uh, the big games later on, by the way. We have a triple header on Off The Ball on Sunday, uh, which I'm sure is very interesting. I just uh,
2: Well, we've got okay. Spurs against West Ham. Dave's going to be at that. Alongside Kenny Cunningham, I'm pumped for that. Then we got Everton against Leicester. Des Curran and Kevin Kilbane are there, and then myself and Ray Houghton are going to be at Southampton against Liverpool.
0: Ah, wow, the big guns are pulled out for the big game of the day. It's a marathon.
2: It, it is. is a
1: marathon of Premier League goodness.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough for the guys in the studio with the six minutes of on air time we're <laughs> yeah. going to get between <laughs> <Yeah>. the matches. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: feed up.
0: We're on air at the uh, earlier time of. I think it'll be roughly sort of two minutes to midday.
2: Awesome. Set your alarm.
0: Set your alarm for that. So uh, that is to come. We'll get through all of that uh, earlier a uh, little later on. Some uh, talking points this week already, though, lads. Uh, Mario Balotelli uh, is back in the headlines today. I was kind of flicking around between the games last night, uh, between the Liverpool match and the Celtic game. I didn't actually get to see this, but I presume one of you two did. What happened?
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, Liverpool won a penalty. Mario Balotelli had come on and played reasonably well for the pre- played previous... Played very well. 15 minutes or the so. best I've
1: seen him play in a Liverpool shirt in his 20-minute cameo.
2: And they were awarded a penalty. Jordan Ibe was taken down. And at first, Jordan Henderson grabbed the ball. And at first, it looked as though he was grabbing it to give it to Daniel Sturridge to take the penalty. And that Sturridge was upset. But then Balotelli came over and just took the ball off Jordan Henderson said, I'm taking this penalty. Now, it turns out since that actually it was Henderson who was told before the match, clearly, that he was the penalty taker. And that both Henderson and Sturridge were annoyed. Mm. Uh, There was a little uh, from Jordan Henderson that was caught on camera when Balotelli took the ball off him. And it's Balotelli obviously scored the resulting penalty, as he does with pretty much every penalty he takes. He's one of the best penalty takers probably in world football. And it's, well, because Steven Gerrard came out after the match saying, rules are rules or codes are codes. He's been a little bit mischievous there, Mario, that he should have gone along with the rules that Jordan Henderson should have taken the penalty.
1: Well, there are two strands to this. Firstly, Jordan Henderson being the designated penalty taker is a joke when you've got Daniel Sturridge on the pitch. Added to that, the possibility that if a penalty was to arrive in the last 20 minutes, that Mario Balotelli would also be on the pitch. If anything, he was third in line. He should not have been the designated penalty taker. So fair play to Balotelli for (coughs) taking it off him, having the balls to do it, having played so well in the build-up to it, and putting it away with such arrogance. I loved that. And Stephen Gerrard should know better at this stage of his career to be criticising his fellow players on a TV channel in his last season. And we were talking about earlier, Nathan, before we came in here. I think he was making sure that if that same situation arises later in the season, that Mario Balotelli will not think about doing something similar and taking the ball off Gerrard. So was it wasn't for the club he was making these comments. He was being selfish and he was making it on his own behalf. It's, it's a, a good point, actually. Would he, take, would he have taken it off Gerrard?
2: Well, this, you see, is one of the issues that arises out of this. Because the problem is that Jordan Henderson, it looks as though he's going to be the next Liverpool captain. He's the vice-captain at the moment. Yeah. And he's been undermined by this incident. his I don't know if he has. His authority has been that he didn't stick up for himself. That he let Balotelli take the ball. And that the players, that the general feeling that Balotelli wouldn't have done that with Steven Gerrard. Because he would respect Steven Gerrard's authority. Whereas he wouldn't be respect Jordan Henderson's off hard there. well, Gerrard the is a little extent. more
1: difficult to stand up to than Jordan Henderson, but it's Brendan Rodgers' fault for putting Henderson in that position well, by giving him the responsibility.
2: This is where I wonder if maybe there's been a little bit of confusion. Perhaps Jordan Henderson was the designated penalty taker from that starting eleven.
1: But not if Balotelli But was if on Balotelli
2: the came on Maybe there was an assumption That Balotelli Would be the penalty
0: taker Well that's where The vagaries arise Isn't it there was, That there yeah. might have been An assumption And by all accounts We don't know we don't Well, Stephen Gerrard the Said th- earlier in the season How annoyed
1: Henderson looked Would maybe indicate That that wasn't the case
2: Yeah Or, or else Jordan Henderson Just didn't realise this But Stephen Gerrard Was asked earlier in the season About Balotelli's Brilliant penalty record And would he actually Be now taking the penalties Now Gerrard obviously Has scored an incredible Amount of penalties mm. Over the past couple of seasons but he said, "Oh well, when I'm not on the pitch, Mario will be the penalty taker." Mm. Either way, it's it's probably just an unnecessary distraction. The bigger story is Steven Gerrard, is. essentially
0: being a decent pundit.
2: What well, that There's, was the, saying something interesting. If there is, it was shades of watch, Roy but Keane. There are shades mm-hmm. of Roy Keane in his last. Like as I think Henderson United. actually
1: handled it well. He muttered under his breath, walked away. There was no real scene. This was not like two players that were fight with each other as we've seen in the past remember the League Cup final involving Swansea and mm. Bradford it was um, Dyer Dyer and Michu was it possibly Michu they pretty much had a scrap on the field over a penalty kick because Dyer wanted his hat-trick yeah. but this was much more low-key mm. I think everyone involved handled it including Balotelli because he stuck behind and then he ran straight to Henderson gave him a hug and almost as if to say look what can I and do? And then also I'm like the sent
0: some sort of was on Instagram last night
1: saying no oh, listen
0: just get over it stop the drama. Yeah. The I can't story imagine. Is I agree with Nathan.
1: Yeah. Jared should not have been saying what he was saying it's great for us watching it yeah. but he was I think he was he yeah. let himself down there. What's the
0: story why, why is he why does he what's the story behind this? I mean is there Maybe a deeper he thing care where he, anymore I
1: think he's been a bit of a bully. He's gone. Yeah. He's I think, think it's bullying. not think it's to anyone next season it's two that.
0: two interests, <laughs> two <interests>. it's like <laughs> it's like when i talk to my parents right i'm at home and one of them starts up with a conversation and then very shortly the other one starts up a completely different conversation and you have to listen to both and nod and think that you're well at least so what we're are you both saying the what are you roughly they're, <laughs> 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 they're both decent I'm com- saying points.
1: that it's probably a little from column a and a little from column b that balatelli's an easy target yeah the weak, the weakest link that Gerrard no longer have, maybe feels the same responsibility to the club because it's not like he needs to worry about what's coming after him mean, he what needs to worry about what's going to be happening next season because he's going to be sunning himself on the west coast of the United quite States quite populist
0: as well isn't it like having a go at Balotelli is a pretty yeah. uh, popular thing to do and maybe that helps feed into the well, notion that Gerard is this egomaniac. Is, uh, yes, I was just going
2: ahead. to refer to this again. Yeah. We've had this conversation about Steve and Gerrard and how the final few minutes of the season would play out. Liverpool are playing extremely well at the moment, so it, there's no real opportunity for Gerard to speak out against Brendan Rodgers at all. But this is causing an issue for Brendan Rodgers where there didn't really need to be one. And I think we might see a little bit more of this as the season goes on.
1: I hope so. But I think that uh, Jordan Henderson... And Balotelli and Sturridge as well because he didn't make a big issue of
0: it.
2: Well, if Sturge well, if it was Sturridge, it well? who was the designated penalty taker, Sturridge would have made a far bigger Absolutely, deal of it, I suspect, yeah. than uh, Jordan Henderson.
0: Yeah. Um I didn't want to talk about. Uh, but Alex just Ferguson. one on Balotelli. Sorry, Adrian, it was Sorry the best there, performance on, I've yeah.
1: seen from him best performance I've seen right. he was only on for 20 minutes pretty much every touch was constructive positive won free kicks held the ball up extremely well at times and laid it off beautifully as well if you got more out of Balotelli similar to what he produced last night Liverpool have an excellent player in their hands
0: the Tash is doing the job Dave is what you're it saying
1: it's a great Tash yeah.
0: it's a serious Tash it's not even November uh, I did want to talk about Alex Ferguson and Roy Keane being on the same plane together but we don't have time we need to uh, crack on here just to uh, mention we'll get to our trebles later but uh, had a look back at the previous week's And I got really excited this morning I had two out of three And then David Myler dummy in uh, With Hull's draw uh, Against Manchester City And then Nathan You went for Liverpool to beat Everton Which was a draw Okay Uh, You went for Swansea to beat Sunderland Draw uh, Which was a draw And then you went for United to beat West Ham uh, Which was a draw Wow You would have got good odds on three draws there, but unfortunately that wasn't the route you went. Uh, So that is the travels from last week. We're going to get into this week's bit later on, as I mentioned. Chelsea Burnley, our first uh, port of call on Saturday. All of these, uh, most of them, uh, three o'clock games here. Uh, The nugget, lads, of the Chelsea discussion, um, obviously with its many little sort of nuances and uh, caveats, are just how good this Chelsea team is away from the context of the Premier League. So, as John Giles might say, how good are they on their own merits, I suppose. Was the PSG game this week the truest test of where this Chelsea team are at? And if so, how how did they rate?
2: Well, there was a slight change from the regular team in that he played Ramirez and Matic as the two holding players. And Fabregas a bit further up. And Fabregas had the flu. And maybe it wasn't 100%. Diego Costa. I think the rest ultimately will have been a good thing from the suspension. Mourinho claims that it means he wasn't really at full fighting fitness. For this game, I think Chelsea are amongst the top five teams in Europe. Maybe they're slightly lacking in one or two areas. Maybe at the centre of defence, there's still the risk that they can make the odd mistake. And also in that attacking midfield sense, aside from Hazard, the other two and three, Oscar, William can blow a little bit hot and cold. But they're a team who could certainly win the Champions League because. They're not going to give away a huge amount of goals and if they have Matic and Fabregas at the base at that midfield they're just going to kill most teams.
1: I disagree with that. On Tuesday's Evans I don't think they have a chance of winning the Champions League. They're very fortunate to be getting back to Stamper Bridges just at 1-1. Courtois made one brilliant save from Zlatan Ibrahimović and the header from Matuidi followed up with the header from mm. Zlatan. That could have also led to a goal and I don't think Chelsea troubled um, Sirigu at all aside from the goal that Ivanovic scored. Gary Cale, he was trusted to come back in and play to Kurt Zouma. He was at fault big time for the goal. And I think PSG will really fancy their chances of going into the second leg, if particularly if they get a couple of guys back because they were riddled with injuries going into that game. So I think Chelsea, that was one of the biggest tests that they have had this season. And they just about passed.
0: He Marino did speak a lot about the illness and the injuries, obviously, in the lead-in to the match. And, uh, like, I mean, I suppose he's invested so much in trying to create this brilliant 11 that, uh, as we can see, can take a couple of hits in the Premier League. But is the essence of it, that's sort of the point that you're both getting at there, I think, that once those couple of absentees are gone, as Dave points out, PSG were down a few important players themselves. Chelsea, look, I'm not going to say
1: average, but certainly a little bit less than we might think they are. Well, they were dominated for the last 20 minutes. I mean, they couldn't get the ball.
2: Yeah, The the problem is, and and maybe this is what will catch up with them, and we see this with a lot of teams, that they're quite one-dimensional. They play a certain way, Mm. and they play that way very well. But when you're up against the leading teams in Europe and the coaching is of such a high standard, all these teams, Paris Saint-Germain, they've had six months to look at this Chelsea side and exactly how they play. So they've figured it out now. Mm. So the job for Mourinho is to alter it slightly and perhaps that's why he's bringing Ramirez in but it's very much a 4-2-3-1 formation that's how they play at no stage this season have we seen Drogba or Remy alongside Costa just try and shift things ever so slightly so that would be the one danger for Chelsea both I think in the league and in the Champions League that they are a little bit predictable I just think they're so powerful they will still beat uh, most sides in Europe, possibly well, with will the exception. Well,
1: they have to beat one at the moment. Will they beat them? I they? think
2: I, th- I think they'll definitely beat Paris I think They'll be next
1: on second leg. Chelsea will be a little more offensive than they were the other night. And I say they didn't have much of the ball. Jose Marino was probably perfectly happy with how that second half panned out. They were under a little bit of pressure. They just about managed to come through it, and they know that they can maybe just offer a bit more in the second leg.
2: Gary Cahill is quite interesting. How his form has just declined so dramatically. Yeah, He's so been touted quickly. as
1: one of the best central defenders in the Premier League not so long ago at all and himself and Terry they were being talked about as the best partnership in the in the Premier League One
0: of the reports I read was suggesting that he remember he took that head injury a while ago that he hasn't been right since that sort of is it three or four months ago some sort of a head injury and I think kept him up for a couple of games I think the underlying suggestion of this piece that I was reading uh, was that maybe he's been affected by this other thing that's blighted to all the other sports that there's been a concussion or whatever there? I don't know. Well, maybe that's hard that to do. With it,
2: it. Maybe it was just his confidence has been shot as well, and perhaps he's not quite as brave as he once was in the tackle.
0: Zoom obviously might come in there, but uh, which might completely undermine the point that I'm about to make here. But remember, Josie used to say a lot about the having two players for every position. Mm. Like it was the Aspilicueta and Ashley Cole thing at one point. That wherever, wherever I, wherever. Um, you know, every position I want to have two quality players. Has he kind of abandoned that a little bit? If he's going with this, here's my first eleven, give or take a couple of players, and that's it.
2: He would probably say he's been forced to by financial fair play that they simply can't afford to have two quality players in every position. it, it is a surprise, and it is another strand to Chelsea's difficulties over the coming months. Is that so many other players have played so much football, but he hasn't really wrote even Felipe Luis hasn't seen half as much game as you would have expected because no. I think the feeling at the start of the season was that he would have five defenders and they would all be interchangeable so Felipe Luis could come in at left back Azpilicueta could move to right back Ivanovic could be rested but we, Ivanovic has started every single league game this season so is John Terry
0: and it's a trust John Terry has played every minute of every hmm. single Premier League match he trusts season.
1: Terry and Ivanovic implicitly I don't think he trusts Felipe Luiz and a sp- a sp- a quay to defensively is probably the best fullback in the Premier League or up there with them he doesn't give you anything going forward yeah. particularly when he's playing at left back because he's so predominantly right footed but that's probably okay if you've got the likes of Ivanovic right that you don't want to overly commit yourselves maybe and you have Hazard in front of him who is always just such a brilliant presence on the mm-hmm. left wing when he's on, the, on that flank so I don't know it's, a, it's an odd one but he certainly def- with his defensive players he takes a liking to them and he
0: will not introduce anything else uh, yeah, and Burnley back into the relegation positions or maybe not the worst time for them to be playing uh, Chelsea given the uh, League Cup final and that return leg of the Champions League upcoming for them. Uh, next stop, lads, Crystal Palace against Arsenal. It'll be game i will well, be keeping an eye on, on Off the Ball tomorrow afternoon. Um, and as bad as Chelsea are, Arsenal obviously continuing to have injury issues of their own. Ramsey, Arteta and Debushi still out. Flamini and Bellerin uh, concerns for this weekend as is uh, the Oxes just back in after training. Presumably straightforward enough uh, for... not <laughs> You didn't did, did, did let me finish that sentence. Go no, on. Go, no, go on ahead. Well, you haven't seen my
2: treble then for this week. <laughs> yeah. Sellers draw, Park draw or Sellers Park. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Crystal Palace takes take something out of this. Arsenal, It's it, we've had this conversation too many times already this season with Arsenal because they're just so bloody inconsistent every time. They'll go on a three-match winning run, but they won't go on an eight-match winning run. Which you kind of need <laughs> if you want to get into the top two. Like the defeat against against Spurs, having made such a brilliant start, they just folded.
1: And it was so surprising to me because I have been so struck by their performance against Manchester City, and I felt that they could just replicate that, not necessarily playing that well but the system and the order and the structure of that performance like the fundamentals of that performance that they would go and do the same thing against Tottenham and they come out with a similar result or a point at least but Tottenham were so much better than them and it just completely led me to unravel everything that I was hoping I was beginning to believe
2: Who played in the middle of midfield that day again? It was...
1: They left Rosicki out and they brought in um, Coquelin started yeah. and Cockwell, so they, they actually played
2: time. Coquellan Ozil Welbeck uh, Cazorla And Sanchez
1: Yes So them all.
2: There was only one defensive midfielder And the fact that Ramsey is out injured Now Wilshire might be back Well they're
1: the same defense, defensive midfield Oriented players as they had at the Etihad, which it was Cazorla and it was Cocalan against Manchester City. Cazorla was everywhere. They actually didn't start with Flamini, didn't start with Arteta, and Ramsey maybe dropped a bit deeper in that game as well. But it's not like they played with two out and out defensive midfielders in either game. Yeah. They just handled it much better against Man City.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think the loss of Oxley Chamberlain has been huge because he provides so much energy, either himself or Ramsey, both of them really provide the energy for Arsenal. And they cover two positions. They help out Coquilin when it's needed defensively. And they're always there when Arsenal are on the attack as well. There's always three or four players missing. And though Ozil looks almost back to his best, I still think perhaps Arsenal are actually a better team without him in it.
0: So the essence of your point as to why uh, Crystal Palace might get something out of this is essentially that Arsenal are obviously a team who like to bomb on a little bit. And Crystal Palace under Alan Pardew are a little bit like uh, Newcastle. They themselves like to counter-attack and that possibly there's uh, some room behind for them. And uh, uh, like players with some... Uh, punching, I suppose, specifically with some capability of exploiting that. I,
2: I, I don't know about Crystal Palace's style of play whether it'll have a huge amount of effect in this game. I just think Selhurst Park is an extremely difficult ground to go to. Arsenal with one eye, probably on the Champions League as well. That Palace these are the sort of games they live for between now and the end of the season it looks as though they're going to be clear of a relegation fight and I I just think that they're going to get at Arsenal they're going to kick them for the first 20 minutes they're going to annoy them Wenger might rest a couple of players and there's probably one goal would be enough to get them a point in this game
0: they average 25 uh, crosses per game Crystal Palace which uh, is it, You know, not gives enough sort of statistic only that uh, when you look at Arsenal they Who are two vulnerable in that area um, no real
1: height up front Schemach Well, so he's, exactly never, he's never advanced there. enough to be on the end um, of those
0: crosses when you consider that Arsenal have conceded 18 of their goals this season from crosses which is two thirds
2: I see what you're getting at
0: I think that might be an area that could be exploited uh, Fraser Campbell's good on the air gets on oh, the yeah. end of one, one or two so you're both going for draws here
1: is this the essence of that I am yes yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Arsenal have enough to get a draw
2: enough about them to leave it a point you're going for an Arsenal victory. You think it's going to be easy? No,
1: I don't think it'll be easy. That Monaco game is huge. I'm going for yeah, an
0: yeah, Arsenal win no,
1: i think my travel. The game is over. My wife doesn't know the result.
0: No she does not and uh, we need to move on to our next game some uh, other games this weekend by the way they're not going to touch on Aston Villa Stoke And, uh, Nathan you'll be watching that one at uh, Villa Park
2: Hey Tim Sherwood come on it's first game in charge though I'm S- guessing technically he's going to claim he was in charge Yeah for of course he was so I mean the did you not see him after well? the
0: game punching the air and. Uh, well you
2: know. he did go into the dressing room at half time and give an inspirational speech the most interesting uh, aspect of this game from an Irish point of view is probably whether Shea Given starts because do you think that could happen? Well, they're, they're old teammates from their days at Blackburn. He, he was brilliant the last day. And you want guys you can trust. He's coming into a new dressing room. Shea Given, I would imagine, is quite a popular figure within the dressing room at Villa. You get him starting and suddenly he's spreading the gospel of Tim Sherwood to everybody else and gets all the rest of the squad behind Tim Sherwood. Now, maybe... The, I, I don't think he can... Blame Brad Guzan completely for Villa's problems this season, but I wouldn't be surprised. And from an Irish point of view, we're five weeks away from the match against Poland. If Shea Given were to get a run of games, yeah. I
1: wouldn't be at all surprised to see There's him one start. One man out. hoping that Tim Sherwood doesn't trust Shea Given. Yeah, David Ford. That's David Ford. And it's kind of
0: now. Or, Jesus, Nathan, nearly fell off a seat with that point. It was so good. It's kind of now or never, right, for Shea Given. I mean, it's, li- it's literally now or never. Sure. Can I can
2: I repeat the stat? If if Shay Given does start tomorrow, it will be the seventeenth manager he started under in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, did we not pick a hole in that stat the last? Well, time? no, I, I still haven't found the actual clarity as to whether it's or, permanent
2: yeah. or there's um yeah some temporary. I wouldn't be surprised if it was permanent though.
0: Well, we did a really good job about uh, not talking about Aston Villa.
2: I mean, come on, what's going on?
0: Uh, Hull City and QPR, we're not going to talk about Sunderland, West Brom as well. Uh, swansea Manchester United, one of the other 3 o'clock games on Saturday. Swansea beat United 2-1, of course, on the opening day. And uh, Van Gaal this week has been telling his players they must believe uh, in his systems. And he's obviously coming for some stick of late as to what his style actually is. Uh, Nathan, you've seen a little bit of Swansea this season. What Where do you think uh, Van Gaal is going to set up to uh, play Swansea this weekend?
2: what way is Van Gaal going to... Set? Yeah. I'd imagine he's going to set up the same way he's set up but every he doesn't seem to be changing it now.
1: Well, at the start of every game, he, he it often just seems to change it later game, on. Right? Like, the, they finished Preston. 4-4-2 against Preston. Yeah. Rooney was up front. De Maria was out wide. Suddenly, both players looked like they belonged. Both players looked like they were enjoying themselves and they were causing difficulty for the opposing defenders. But I'd, you know he will not start that way against Swansea.
2: No, he, I would imagine he's going to play Van Persie and Falcao up front. Um... Uh, Mata just behind and Rooney in the middle of midfield again which I just think is a complete waste
0: of Wayne Rooney he keeps uh, I mean is is Falcao still has time to prove himself here That I mean he's, is well, he's still go there go you're still going go go to play
2: there. him you're not going to go actually this is a failed the, the, the decision isn't back. so much the decision is do they want to spend
1: it's got, that, Forty-three million pounds. That will not yeah, be happening.
2: That won't be happening. But, but that doesn't mean so you can't it, get so the so
1: best but out. If it's not
0: happening, and, then is that not all the more reason just to leave him out? Should well, I mean? no, because there's still a <laughs> possibility
1: to get really? good results from him. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't write them off just because they'd have no intention of making the deal a permanent one. But if any, it, you could eat, make just as cogent an argument for dropping Van Persie and having Rooney up there alongside Falcao because Van Persie is just doing absolutely but they've nothing done at well. End.
0: Rooney and uh, Van Persie have done well, and they've played together this year. I think they've scored six goals in six matches, which is not a lot. And there's been a couple of blanks, I suppose, within that as well. And but, sure, there's
1: a way to drop them both and play Rooney up there on his own with three players supporting him and getting close to him, namely Angel Di Maria coming in off that left hand side.
0: If you're not going, if you're not going to play, if you're going to send Falcao back, which is essentially what's happening, or send him somewhere else at the end of the season because he's, which, which, mm. I think we're all in agreement, that's probably going to be the case. So they, they obviously think he's not good enough. Then do you just bite the bullet now. It's, I mean, I think it's a no, question. I, I th-
2: You're cutting off your nose to spite your face. There, you're paying but, him two hundred fifty grand a week. You don't think he's good enough to no, stay? you don't so think, think he's do you good you enough to team? spend that amount? Of, I'd imagine if they were offered Falcao in a free transfer in the summer, does the good chance they might keep yeah. him but they're going to have to spend over well, 40 yeah. million pounds so for to him
0: keep him for a year and then sell him for yeah. 20 or 30. Well million.
2: perhaps I uh, I'm just surprised he hasn't changed and maybe tried play Falcao up front by himself and they, like a lot of teams do with this 4-2-3-1 like Chelsea do and play De Maria on the left play Rooney in the number 10 role if you want play Mata on the right and then have Herrera and Blind even as the two defensive midfielders just just to shift something in there because everyone just looks quite bored by it at this stage the players don't still despite them playing the same system the players still don't seem to know what no they're progress, doing or what's expected from There's them no at all no
1: progression no improvement came on game they look frightened and yet they've been beaten once in 19 mm. games I cannot believe they're third on the Premier League table and that they're one victory for United, one defeat for Manchester City away from being two points off second. It's it's just incredible. I still think they're the most vulnerable of those four teams, United, Arsenal, Tottenham and Liverpool, when it comes to actually finishing the top four. But we're getting closer to the end of the season and there are only 13 games left and they're still in third place. And they're taking on a Swansea team that have only won two of their last 10. They surrendered feebly to West Brom in their last game and it's probably a very good time to be going there. They've lost Boney. They probably still aren't used to the fact that he's not around. They have a couple of bad injuries and United just seem... You have to give them credit for not losing games. They can easily give up often in these situations. I didn't see where the goals were going to come from they were 1-0 down against Preston. A Bit of luck with all three goals it has to be said. They were gone as far as I was concerned against West Ham and yet created three brilliant opportunities. Should have taken at least two of them. Took one in the end from Daly Blind. And every week... They dig themselves out of a hole, and you have to give them a huge amount of credit for it. Don't know how they're doing it, but it keeps happening. You've talked about uh, Swansea there. Are we in the same way that
0: you could suggest now the sort of last couple of months might uh, undermine this a little bit, but that we've seen the real Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool since Suarez has left. Are we starting to see a bit of the real Gary Monk at Swansea since boney has gone? They've won one game in 2015. <sighs> not, not I don't no, he like would that, have been gone anyway. Over the last that game one.
1: they won was at Southampton, when no one really gave them an opportunity to win that. That's the sort of results. They are the sort of results that Swans are still capable of producing. But it must be difficult. I mean, they haven't brought anybody in to replace Wilfred Boney. It's hard when you lose your best player. Mm. It's your board saying to you, season's done. It's very hard to you, for you to turn around in your dressing room and motivate your players. Newcastle managers have had this same problem for the last five years. Mm. Look, lads, there's still big games to play here. We still have an awful lot to keep us going. Well, the pl- players are going. Well, then why did you sell our best striker then? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was at that Southampton game and Swansea were very impressive. And I think actually that was one of Monk's best managerial games so far because a lot of people in Swansea, the progress they've made over the last couple of years would look at Southampton and think, there's not a lot between us two teams. But he looked at it and thought, we've got a few players missing. We're just going to defend, defend, defend. We're going to pile men back and try and catch them on the break, which they did. Mm. They won the game. This was following the defeat to Chelsea. They lost 5 0. But that day they were missing Shelby, they were missing Sigurdsson, they were missing Britton, the three guys, they're missing Keesung Young, the three, four guys in the middle of midfield who keep hold of the ball. Sigurdsson's back this week after his suspension. And if they have a midfield of Sigurdsson, Shelby, and Keesung Young, they can just crowd United out of it. And the difficulty for United and the difficulty, I guess, in making predictions about these games, is in one sense Swansea have nothing to play for. But that means when Man United come to town, these are one of the few yeah. games that you really get yourself up for mm. and by and large they've been very good at home this season
1: like it, it this has 1-1 or 2-1 to Swansea or United you can't see they bring a huge amount of goals but it'll be very close I would think United will leave with something because that just seems to be what they do I
0: think I've gone for a draw actually in my travel with this one I did see as well during the week that after Swansea lost that uh, 2-0 to West Brom uh, Monk subbed off John Joe Shelby I don't know if anybody's come across this uh and uh, after an hour and Shelby's fiance, who's the former S Club Juniors singer, S Club Juniors, S Club Seven.
2: No, no, no this, this was like a, a youth exactly version, right, of, it. A youth version of it. A youth version of it. To bring through the S next Club generation. Yeah. How old is A couple she? of them <laughs> ended up. A couple of them ended up in the Saturdays.
1: That's how old. One of the them. I think one of them might be married are. to like Wayne Bridge. That has just made no, me hey. feel very old.
0: Um, Nathan knows a lot about. S nah, Club I know far too much about this. Daisy Evans is her name. Anyway, she tweeted afterwards. What an absolute load of shit. Ain't got a. Club uh, clue, I should say, ain't got a good clue. Um, clearly, talking about uh, Gary Monk here, Um it's quite funny, but obviously, I mean, she hasn't just gone on a solo run there. I wouldn't, have th- I wouldn't have thought. I mean, surely yourself and John Joe are having conversations where this very notion has come up at some point.
2: And if Gary Monk is asked about this in his press conference, he's going to say, "I'm delighted that he is so upset about being taken off after an hour. Let him show it on the training pitch. You want to see guys yeah. with a little bit of passion."
0: Daisy knows her stuff. Daisy happens What about the boy Keane at Nottingham Forest? I said, get him bored. All right, we do want to just crack on. We don't have a huge amount of time left here. Man City, Newcastle on uh, Saturday evening, the 5.30 kickoff. We mentioned Wilfred Boney. He's back uh, and in line to make his debut, as is Ayaya Toure, of course. So Pellegrini fully stacked, Dave, up front with his forward options clearly the advantage is not a player who's uh, firmly in the forefront of his thoughts the ideal game then to pair Boney and, and Aguero up front and see how they go
1: um, yeah I'd like to see if they can play together I'm a huge I've said it many times how big a fan I am of Boney obviously Aguero's one of the best strikers in the world I'm not quite sure how they will play together because that hasn't been the city way since Negrado left or fell out of favour before he left they haven't played two men up front. Cecho has just been watching from the bench. Or, or Jovatic, when he's come on, he's played in a wide position. So I don't know. They're out, they are out They and out centre-forward. So there's no way you can play Aguero or Boney outside of that mm. central role, I would have thought. So I don't know, will they ever end up together? I think really? Boney's going to spend an awful lot of time on the bench. Well, let's, let's say they just a want disaster, a slightly isn't?
2: different system. Um, I guess the bigger question is where Boney and, say, Yaya Toure... Would play together because Torres is so used to playing just behind Sergio Aguero that where does Boney fit into that if they wanted to play? Unless they want to play Boney out in the wing and have him coming have spent, in from the wing.
0: Although it is Manchester City, spent 30 million quid on him to put him on the bench. The, this is a
2: huge game for City. It, I think this could set the tone for the rest of the season, this game, because Boney and Aguero have to click immediately. Yaya Torre returning as well. So they do start, it all yeah, has they do I, I think that. Well, the other question is that. They're playing Barcelona during the week in the yeah. Champions League. Jovic isn't in that squad. Maybe he puts Jovic in in this.
0: They then can't you, afford... Then is, then do, you, do you almost need to... If you, I mean, if you know clearly Jovic isn't going to be playing, then you almost need to put uh, Aguero and Boney if that's why. you to next week. Or you
2: think, OK, we'll rest Sergio Aguero until the Champions League game against Barcelona and we'll play Boney in the league. And by and large, you just mix them up.
1: I wouldn't have thought Aguero is a player that needs rest right now probably needs games he has missed so many games And think a week he's still just short exactly he missed that week with the FA Cup he's still just a bit short of being 100% match fit and it's Newcastle I could see him making changes I think he might leave the likes of David Silva on the bench for example and try and get the three points and just bring these boys on if he absolutely has there. to just a Baris up, on it Tuesday it nice. it feels nice
0: I think we really missed the full... we better, we better go with that one
1: again. This could be the perfect mm-hmm. game,
0: though. So mm-hmm. I, have to, I, I thought I could tone like the right
2: until the up up end of it.
0: it feels nice. Right up at the very end. It feels nice. Damn, I mean, I have the controller to pull his microphone down. I missed that. Anyway, we're go- we need to move on. Sunday's games. Uh, Dave, Tottenham, West Ham. You were there with Kenny Cunningham was mentioned. Midday kickoff. off to
1: Tottenham, Big every, every game, game better, is huge. Better than Mass. <laughs> well, you can always get Mass on Saturday night. Every game's huge. For Tottenham now And this This is game two Of six in 17 days In three different competitions It's a bit harsh That they're going to have to do that They obviously rotated Big time last night Against Fiorentina Paid for it in the end Leaving the likes of Harry Kane Out that he did start Christian Eriksen though but they have that League Cup final against Chelsea next weekend, which would guarantee a place in Europe. And they have that return leg in Florence on Thursday night. So I don't know where this ranks in their list of priorities, but they can't really afford to lose any ground in the Premier League. So I think Tottenham will just be going all out for this. So it should be a really good performance. It'll be their best 11. From West Ham, I just don't know where West Ham go from here. They were pathetic last weekend against West Bromwich Albion. I couldn't believe they got mm. such a hiding in a competition they were s- seemingly desperate to win when they haven't won anything since 1980. I was so bowled over by it and it gives me the impression that they're close to packing up for the season.
0: Yeah, Big Sam is maybe close to backing up for good at West Ham. We shall see what happens. We've Everton Leicester as well, Des and uh, Kevin Kabam with that. And then Nathan, Southampton, Liverpool. Southampton on the slide a little bit over the last while.
2: Um. Yeah, to a certain degree. They're still inside the top four, though, and it's all a case of just hanging on in there. That defeat to Swansea was a hammer blow. They have been found out to a certain degree. Their goals have dried up, and I think it's due due to a a dip in form from Pele and Tadic, who's been dropped. But also, they play a certain system, and teams have figured out how to defend against them, and they're struggling to break teams down. Liverpool, though, like Spurs, have so many games at the moment. They put out their their strongest team, essentially last night I think the reason to tune into this to see is does Adam Lallana cry at some stage yeah. don't know if you heard his interview yeah. ahead of the match where he's very emotional he was glad to sit out the game on the first day of the season because he just wouldn't have been able to control his emotions
1: he won't be starting anyway will he
2: it's hard to predict what Liverpool's starting eleven will be I would have thought
1: Sterling would just come in for him that would be the change well Markovic
2: I think Markovic might return instead of Ibe as well because Markovic is obviously suspended for the European games they're going to Turkey on Thursday night I was surprised he didn't make a couple of more changes. For last night's game With this one in mind But they're in the, in the league They're in the midst of a really tough run They went West Ham Everton Spurs They got Southampton Manchester City next weekend United a couple of weeks after that So This is the real test of Brendan Rodgers And the revival How they cope With Europa League FA Cup And the league And rotating a squad
0: uh, we're going to wrap here lads what are your trebles uh, I'll give you mine to begin with to kick things off uh, I've gone for Arsenal to win a Palace i am not bowled over by your argument although there is some merit in it uh, Chelsea to win at home to Burnley and Swansea and United to draw uh, which gives me a very adventurous for me almost 5-1 to one. wow and you still, have you won one yet this season no I haven't
1: no I haven't <laughs> checked I haven't always checked them so i we'll go for so. There, but, uh, yeah. I've gone for United to beat Swansea Arsenal Crystal Palace to draw and Hull in the game
2: Keep your R pretty bad Away from home Yeah, I have gone For Villa to beat Stoke Crystal Palace And Arsenal to draw And then in The safe one Chelsea to beat Burnley I don't even know
1: my odds Thanks, lads. But it's a winner So yeah, Mine's just under 7-1 to one. No, Go for
0: it No guarantees We'll be back next week Given our uh, previous form but.
1: It is a Premier League week Which means we will be here There's a good chance Cheers
0: lads Good luck